Welcome back to the Random Horror Show. I am your horror hostess, Keisha Lacey, coming straight out of the Iron Pine Curtain of East Texas. And also, we have a wonderful guest on the Random Horror Show with our Random Horror Chit Chat. Our guest is Ivan Treese Little. She is the Oprah of Horror. She is the creator of horror movies and beyond. Um, she's also like part shuddery. She's a co-producer of Deliver Us Films. She is an amazing powerhouse, um, especially in the horror community. Uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, very deeply inspired, very like just deep-hearted. She has a lot of heart and a lot of passion. Um, you will hear how she got started um, in horror, especially reviewing movies. Um, not only just horror, but like science fiction as well. And here we are with my guest for a random horror chat with the Oprah of horror, Ivan Trees Littles. Welcome to the Random Horror Show. I am your horror hostess, Keisha Lacey, coming straight, straight out of the Iron Pine Curtain, better known as East Texas. And of course, here at the Random Horror Show, we'll be silly, goofy, and just being random, just commentating, just being silly, and just all over the place. But we come back to the main point in horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure in movies, television shows, and books. And thank you all for joining me with tonight's episode. And I have a special guest right here. She is the queen of horror. And not only that, the Oprah of horror also. <laughs> she is Avotre's Little. I said, just, I'm sorry, Avotre's Littles. Sorry about that. Girl, I just like was sitting there pronouncing girl. I just keep on going. Um, sorry about <laughs> I butchered your name, girl. I was like sitting there going like that. <laughs> middles. I'm sorry, I made you laugh. Then <laughs> got out of character, but that's okay. We just random like that with our horror chat episode, and she is the creator and the host of movies and beyond. Um, you can find her like on her website, Instagram, TikTok. She talks about horror she goes in deep about horror films um i true she love her some science fiction horrors just the same as i and of course take it away miss littles the oprah of horror well hello everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh we just have we just we just having giggles right here (laughs) love it it's okay i giggle all the time you gotta giggle (laughs) i think i'm a little nervous because it's it's like you're you're just a big thing and i'm just like wow like stars in my eyes and stuff i'm not a big thing (laughs) you really are you really are you really are but yeah, just keep, yeah, just, just go on and introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. I am Ivo Trees Littles. Uh, I have a show called uh, Horror Movies and Beyond. 
I interview a lot of people. Uh, it, it can range from independent filmmakers to uh, major stars. Um, also, I do movie reviews, but not as much as interviews because I, I really do love interviewing people about their films because you always find out something more than what is being you know, presented in the film. So that's always exciting. So, yeah. That is exciting. And um, I like just, it's like I just fell in love with you because she was um, on um, Evolve Live uh, with Tyrone. And um, this is, I mean, because I'm pretty new into the horror community myself, but I have a, a big passion and love for her, horror as it is anyways. And it was like you was just having, you and Tyrone was just having church on there. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was so fascinated with you. And um, I love Tyrone, how he just brings a lot of us into um you know, into this realm of horror, you know, finding each other, and he found me too. Mm -hmm. And um, you have like the most like creative, wonderful, um, you know, not only just the website, but like what you do, uh, particularly interviewing um, filmmakers, independent, big time actors, actors you do um, film reviews. And um, I think that's like something of what like uh, a lot of like horror lovers like is the film reviews, but then you get more deeper with the psychology um, of the film, um, how it affects the characters, the underlying stories, um, you know, even from like the directors of what, why they, uh, or, you know, writers of how they, uh, wrote this story I remember you was uh talking about you had on the live I think he was talking about uh child's play and you mm -hmm. interviewed the guy um that created child's play you know directed and everything else and there was like this misconception uh, conception about the doll that they used that the, um inspiration behind that Mm -hmm. um, some people say like, oh, it's from such and such, but really from what my, what I remember about Child's Play is from this um, toy long ago called My Buddy, and then it mm -hmm. came out with his sister. Mm -hmm. And um, I found it very uh, fascinating that you talk to uh, the people behind the horror movies, the horror films, the writers, the, um, the actors and everything else. And um how did you like find that unique uh, niche of doing that and just moving on ahead? You just, it's like you just went with it and just took off running with it. How did you find that inspiration behind um, horror movies and beyond? Well, it all started with the blog that I created in the beginning. And mm -hmm. that started when um, <clears throat> an ex friend of mine, uh, <laughs> boyfriend or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> he was into comic books and video games and stuff like that. And we went to, uh, it was Kamikaze at the time, or maybe mm -hmm. WonderCon, but it was one of, one of them out here. And 
I was just walking around and looking around and, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't even think about interviewing anybody. Mm-hmm. So this was, it was just, I was fascinated that it was this world I, I knew nothing about. And I had a lot of fun. And as I was walking around, I came across Full Moon Features. Mm-hmm. And I knew who they were. And as I got closer, I was looking at all the old school DVDs from way back when, when I used to watch uh, horror as a young girl. Mm-hmm. And I saw the dolls, the puppet master from the, the movie, the puppet, uh, puppet master. And mm-hmm. I was like, Holy crap, look at this. And as I was looking at him, I was talking to, uh, I think it was, a a young, I, I'm not sure if it was, a, a woman or a man. And I was just talking about the dolls and stuff. And, and I was like, man, I would really like to talk to the guy who created them you know, just to get some insight of the structure and why the dolls look like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. He said, sure, let me get him for you. And I was like, what? And he was like, uh, Charles Ban. And I was like, Charles Ban, because <laughs> he did dolls. He did reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a producer, you know, creator of a lot of that stuff. And And he walked over and I was just like, okay, this is my shot. And I did. And I talked to him about the dolls. He kind of gave me some insight on the dolls and we just kept talking and talking and talking. And I ended up signing up for one of his subscriptions, but he liked me so much. He gave me a plush doll of Blade, one of the puppet uh, masters and I still have that doll and that's a constant reminder of where it started the beginning of me interviewing and then I created a blog and I call it called it nerdtastic girl mm-hmm. nerdtastic girl and because I was into to everything it wasn't specific for horror yet, even though mm-hmm. horror is most of my life, it just wasn't specific because I was watching Marvel, DC. I was reading a little bit of the comics and stuff like that. So then I started interviewing mm-hmm. and and creating that blog. It took me about three months to, to figure out what I was going to do and how it's going to look. And, and then I went to, I think it was Kamikaze again. Mm-hmm. And I started, I just walked up to people <laughs> to, nice. to interview. And I was so scared because I was this nobody. I'm just starting. It mm-hmm. didn't work because of my nerves. I didn't walk up to many. And I started mm-hmm. reaching out to um, some people that I, I knew. This one band called the Flex Capacitors who was uh, Back to the Future base, and then yeah. R- Robin Shelby, who was the the Slimer from Ghostbusters, because I was a huge Ghostbusters fan. So, And um, then I went to Real Guys, who is this group that dressed up like The Walking Dead, because I started being into The Walking Dead. So it was a lot going on. <laughs> and uh, from then on, that's how it started. And even though I was writing, 
Mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated writing because it was always a second challenge for me. It was always really, really hard because I had a speech problem growing up due to mm-hmm. some family abuse. And so wow. it, it was just very hard for me to communicate all the time. It really took a lot out of me. And that transition mm-hmm. to video um, came years later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the start of getting into stuff and getting press passes. And and uh, I focused on horror because it, w- it felt more natural to talk about mm-hmm. horror. And I was trying to figure out a name for it, how I wanted to do it. And I came up with horror movies and beyond. And I went to Monsterpalooza and Midsummer Screen. I started interviewing uh, guests there. And that's when uh, I walked up to Tom Holland and mm-hmm. um, Alex Vincent and, and uh, Tony Todd. Oh my and, God. and so I started, I just walked up to him and Michael Gross uh from tremors and and it was i was extremely scared because this was a different avenue Mm -hmm. um but i knew i wanted to do more video but Mm -hmm. that for that that was still the blog i just couldn't figure it out and it was just a lot of process a lot of failing a lot of figuring out and um I went to, then finally I transitioned to video. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started doing lives on Facebook and Mm -hmm. and that was a challenge because now people can look at me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People were watching me and I hated the way I look. I hated the way I look. I I was so self-conscious about the way I look and the way I smiled and it was really, really my heart, the anxiety kicked in. It was mm-hmm. terrible, but I knew I wanted to do it. And I just kept doing it and I kept doing it. And um, where I make the flying leap mm-hmm. was when um, I did interview the, the Kyoto brothers mm-hmm. and two years prior. And then, uh, John Masari, who is the composer of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space movie, his wife came across my blog. I interviewed him. And then when I went to Mossa he introduced me to Chelsea and James from Dead Meat. Oh my gosh. Months, months later, uh, she asked me if I wanted to be on her show, and I freaked. And then the COVID hit. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you you did yeah, oh god. Oh bro, I ain't rolling in the street. Ain't yeah. Rolling. So yeah, and so when COVID hit, mm-hmm. it was just no one was doing anything. And then finally, months, months later, she asked me about being on her show. And I knew who Dead Meat was. I mean, he has millions mm-hmm. of followers. He's hundreds of thousands of followers on all his other channels. I mean, mm-hmm. him and her was just this team. And I uh, was terrified, but I said, okay. And weeks before, I seemed like a long story, but it's almost, oh, it's almost there. But weeks before I knew because they had such a large following, mm-hmm. I knew 
when people see me, that's what they'll see from then on. So it was pretty tough because I, I did like sexy things and I kind of was into more of the sex appeal when I was starting more, you know, uh, yeah. but that was mostly on the side and that was the image. But I knew I was like, no, I don't want to do that permanently. One, it's expensive. And two, I was so uncomfortable with myself. I just knew that wasn't something that I wanted to do and have that look permanently. So, um, so I started looking at Chelsea, you know, I started looking at her Instagram and just her personality and see how she was, you know, clothes she was wearing her style. And she had, they had millions of followers. So I was like, you know what? I like, I, I just like to be comfortable and she liked to be comfortable. Right. And I was like, I'm not going to go the extra mile for, for something I'm not comfortable with, with that image. And wow. so I just wore uh, a horror t-shirt, some jeans, mm -hmm. and I was on their podcast and it just went from there. You just put like the biggest Kool-Aid smile <laughs> on my face. <laughs> you just did the damn thing right there. And Wow, I, I'm like, I'm totally speechless. And I mean, and you really, like there was some things that you said, um, you know, you had like this, uh, you know, uh, speech issue mm -hmm. and I stutter. And I had the same thing too with the speech because I stuttered a lot. Um, and, and I still stutter, but I was like, you know what? It's, that's just me, that's just me. Mm -hmm. um but for you to go out there and just you just you know of course you know was you with your ex the woochie dude who, who that that dude <laughs> <laughs> that dude it just started like from there and it just kept snowballing and growing and growing and you just had like these um you know uh these things that you had to overcome you know, uh, you know, the way you, how you look at yourself and everything else, like you're going to be on camera, you know, you just putting yourself out there, knowing that you, your anxiety is like way up there. You kidding, you talking to big people, you know, uh, Chelsea and, um, uh, you know, James Sinise of like dead meat. And then, you know, Tony Todd and Tom Holland and, um, oh, oh Alex and everything. Yeah. I like them in the, um, the movie uh what was that with uh Brad Dura's daughter was in it uh and when he came back and then oh he was just waiting <laughs> and he was waiting on Chucky that day I was <laughs> like boy I fell out laughing right there but just you just basically just asking the question about with the puppet master uh dolls and how they are created and then you brought the guy in to talk to you and um, how the whole uh, process was. I mean, that is a huge leap right there. You was making small steps for yourself. I mean, like, shoot. And look where you at right now. Look where you at now just by doing that. And then, you know, you starting off with a blog. Um, you know, it was the same thing. I started off with a, a blog. 
Um, it was just, it was called The Country with Soul Girl or something like that, you know, just telling um, things about like what I do in Texas, you know, Venus centric, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then something said to me, like, why don't you just write a story? I was like, what kind of story? So I took a story that happened in real life. And um, I was married, um, then divorced. And I created this story. It had my ex-husband in it, and I called him Lucifer. And our son, um, right lung was collapsed, and he had to be rushed to Dallas. It was very scary because I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my son. And he um, came up there at the time. It was his girlfriend. Now it's his um, second wife. And he just, oh, he just had this damn fool. Like, this is not about you. This is our son. He's about to lose his right lung. And he's on the verge of dying. And my son got better. He was like around three or four. Four, I think four around the time. And it was just my son and I, because we were transported by uh, the ambulance. You know, it was like two hour drive from where I'm at to Dallas. And he got better. And so he, um, his dad and his, um, you know, now his, uh, my son's stepmom, um, we were leaving out of Dallas. I didn't have nobody to come to. And um, it was a horrible problem. My son was both of them like, I don't have time for this. He went to sleep, but I don't have time to be fooled. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm back there in the back seat, and I'm just my eyes are just like just fucked and just being quiet like a mouse. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, and I turned that into um, a little bit of a story uh, with that experience, and and I got to thinking. I said, you know what? Let me write about my favorite horror movies. You know, let me start off with that. And it started. You know, I wrote like a big book. And it's things that what uh, we did, you know, years back and, you know, you mentioned like how much, you know, like the failures uh, uh, and everything else, that's just how we learn. And, and it's the same, you know, way how people like will try something, you make your mistake, you learn from it, or you fail at this <clears throat> and everything, but you learn from it and mm-hmm. you won't make the mistake again. And um, that's like, and that's real talk um, right there. And um, and I'm looking at your website, and it's it's a beautiful website. It really is. Um, I'm just like wow. And I'm gonna say this to you, girl. You are freaking beautiful. Like you have a gorgeous smile, girl. Your eyebrows are on point. I'm gonna tell you, your <laughs> eyebrows are on point. Cause I I do brows myself. You know, hooking ladies up with a natural brow look. Mm. And and I, and I noticed your brows. I'm like, damn, she got some nice ass brows. I'm like, who is her brow lady? Her brow lady. I well, I am the brow world. lady. I do my mm-hmm. own brows, baby. I'm gonna tell you this right now. <laughs> it's all. It's very simple. It's only three things. No, one, two. Let me see. One, two, four things I use to do that. I'm going to say it like this. I'm looking at the way you are definitely on point with knowing your brow shape. Look at me. I'm talking about brows. <laughs> You're definitely, and I can't, and I cannot turn that off. Cause if you've been doing that for 15 years, you can't turn it off. 
but you are definitely on point with like the the whole um, eye shape um, from the natural uh, arch in your brow to the beginning and the end of like the brows also even the top of the brow and I'm just like and your your structure your eye structure your oculus structure around is beautiful you have it just oh my god I am jelly <laughs> girl <laughs> they look so good and um the one thing that um you know you mentioned is about you know you had like that sexy sexy look and you uh looked at Chelsea how the way uh, she was dressed and um everything else um I've always seen like on you uh not YouTube but more on Instagram how you have some ladies that are in horror or talk about horror review movies and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's some of them you know I'm not like sitting there like oh they shouldn't be doing this they always have like some kind of little sexy outfit or whatever like that now mm -hmm. I did one or two like little trap pickers and stuff little trap thirst trap pickers but other than that I used to I usually keep it sexy but classy but more uh like a conservative classy you know look because like you said if you continue on with like this same uh image it's going to be permanent mm -hmm. and you know and I feel that like you know when I look at them I'm like I, you know when, if I'm like a guy I'll be like yeah she's hot but I'm not going to take her seriously you, you know because like it, you know how it is images everything especially when you're on social media and then you're talking about horror and then somebody's like oh okay they're not going to pay attention of what you producing as a content creator mm -hmm. um doing the film reviews and um even you doing interviews with so many uh, amazing people um in the industry is that you present yourself the way how you are like I said, you are very beautiful and everything. Eyebrows on point, beautiful smile. Could not tell that you had some type of speech um, issue when you was a child and everything. And when you mentioned, you know, due to like child abuse, we're not going to talk, you know, like go into it, but mm -hmm. I feel you on that too. And it's just, you know, and it does uh, traumatize um, us as as children, you know, with depression because I know I had depression a lot when I was a kid um I know everybody has heard this like me it's like my about the uh, home invasion story that I had that got me into horror um watching horror movies and stuff but um mm -hmm. but I, I mean I like definitely like feel you so much of like what you just said and like I said you put a big old Kool-Aid <laughs> smile on my face you're welcome I mean, it's You're phenomenal. Even, even to this day, I mean, it's still mm -hmm. a challenge because mm -hmm. what people see and what is off camera mm -hmm. don't match. And what I mean by that um, is that, you know, the smiles and the having a good time and, and all this stuff, people see that, that mm -hmm. that's what's being sold. Mm -hmm. But when the cameras go off and the makeup comes off and mm -hmm. you realize that your the life that you want is temporary and mm -hmm. you're trying your hardest to make it a permanent 
way of life. And that's what I'm doing because everything I do, um, it comes out of, you know, my pocket, whatever I could scrounge up or, and everything. No one helps me. I'm a one woman show. And I tell people that all the time. I, I had someone thinking I had a couple of people with me and I was like, no. And I was like, well, I mean, you have this website, you have the look of things and like, no, I mean, I've had someone make up, you know, a sign for me or, you, you know, something like that. But when it comes to running things and and reaching out to people, it's all me. The, I did that website by myself. And I'm very proud of it because it took, it took a while because I was trying to figure out how I wanted to look. And everything that you see does not look feminine. I don't want anything I have to look feminine. I want mm-hmm. to look like you don't know who's running it. <laughs> right. That is that was my number one thing when I started the horror. The nerdtastic mm-hmm. girl, you could kind of tell it was a little, you know, a girl doing it. But that was number one on my list. I wanted to mm-hmm. make it as ambiguous as possible mm-hmm. with my style. I I love horror, all the elements of it, not just a movie, not Why? just a director, not just an actor. I love mm-hmm. where the story come from. If it was folklore, if it was, you know, some drawings on a cave, it was, you know, the Salem witch trials, the actual Salem witch mm-hmm. trials. If there were um, voodoo involved, mm-hmm. you know, like, I love those stories. They scare the hell out of me. But that's where horror come from. Real Mm. stories about real people, about their real lives. And then over time, it changes so it can fit the big screen. But other than that, I mean, it came from somewhere. All these exorcism horror movies, it came from the church. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All these slavery horror movies came from the South. Most of them. Haiti. I mean, that stuff is real. Mm-hmm. You know, Africa, it's real. You know, but those stories are boring, are, are very boring at a certain point. So they have to twist and turn and make the monster extra scary. But uh, where it come from, the source is very real and but horror movies and beyond can't go to that part of the element because those are two separate entities horror mm-hmm. movies and real life scary stuff um mm-hmm. they're they're inspiration for the movies but they're two separate entities so that is why i came up with Prater natural mysteries that talks about the paranormal the supernatural and the unexplained. So I have two things going on right now. It's been a year. I have not done Prater natural mysteries that will start up next year. Um, with, um, my partner, hopefully if not, if she can't do it, it'll just be me. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I came up with that because 
that stuff scares the hell out of me <laughs> more than any horror movie I've ever seen except besides Candyman. Candyman really got me when I was a kid, <laughs> but um, I mean, there's, there's uh, the conjuring. Yes. The conjuring is scary and they have the Annabelle, but I want to look at the real Annabelle. Let's look wow. at that Raggedy Ann doll. I mean, the, yes. story, the story behind the real doll. I think the real doll, the way it looked, is scarier than the doll that they have in the movie. But that's just me. But the story behind that, the story behind the haunted chest, there's a story about a haunted painting. There's a story about a haunted Japanese doll that grows teeth and hair. Like, that right there is scary. But it's still horror. Horror is an English term. Macombre and all that stuff came from way out, you know, in another country. But here, English and United States, horror was adopted. So, I mean, in, in England and UK and stuff like that, they have Jack the Ripper. I find that the most interesting story that I've ever read. How can one man do all that terrible stuff and i have some theories but anyway but but you see what i'm saying like those are two separate entities and so i created two separate shows um and that takes a lot of work because mm. when when you're doing predator natural mysteries the unexplained stuff the truth has to be the truth you mm. can't make that stuff up you got to research. You got to have statistics. You got to have that stuff because it's real. Horror movies, you're just tell, saying, I like this movie and this is why. This is why I don't. This is why. You're talking about a movie. Now, if you want to get deeper into the movie about the history and the story about it, that is the separate entity of Predator Natural Mysteries. But a lot of people just do it because it's just easier. Um, to talk about something very tiny that they've learned about the film that they're reviewing. But mm -hmm. to go deeper, that's why I have Praetor Natural Mysteries, where it's completely separate. And then I bring in a horror movie. But we're talking about that ghost that lives in a lake or a monster or something. That is the main part. So horror is everything and everyone and everywhere. So, yeah. And real life, I agree to all of that. And real life can be horror, um, even in our personal lives or with a friend. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody like you work with, you know, everybody has some horror story that has happened, you know, within mm -hmm. their life. Even they went through some type of, you know, you, you have um, Anne Rice, okay? Whenever mm -hmm. she did interview with the vampire. Okay, why did that come up? Guess what? She had her daughter who passed away. She had a rare blood, uh, you know, disease. And mm -hmm. then Ann Rice was, uh, had to be hospitalized herself. She got really sick. And she said that when she was in the hospital, it just, she couldn't, she, you know, she couldn't hear it, what the people were saying, but she said it felt very alien. Um, when you talking about the supernatural girl, I'm gonna tell you this, there is a bunch of supernatural, uh, <laughs> stuff down here um if you uh are, okay i know you remember the tulsa massacre um, yeah i okay. i am familiar with it okay 
Well, before the Tulsa massacre happened, um, there's a place that is about 45 to 55 minutes away from me and it's called Slocum, Texas. It is located in between Palestine and Elkhart, Texas. Mm -hmm. Here before the Tennessee, um, excuse me, the Tulsa massacre happened. They came in, burned down all the, 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 the very uh, rich, uh, uh, you know, the neighborhoods, the stores, and everything else. Um, same kind of like a, you know, it's like a rosewood. It's all of that. It's, it's horrific, you know, terrifying. It was crazy. There was a few survivors from that Slocum massacre. We did not know that history until about five years ago because the university that I went to does research, meta research, and everything else. This guy went on a date with, he was telling me, but he didn't get no play anyways, but I appreciate his information. <laughs> but um, but when we heard that, we're like, oh my goodness. But my dad has a friend and he drives trucks. And every trucker who has, uh, you know, checked the salt water levels like on close to that property where the uh the cemetery is at because it was all in unmarked graves um around in that area they all said the same thing there's too many like spirits dancing around there has been so many weird noises it was just really eerie i mm. mean even my ex-husband said the same thing it's super eerie it's you can feel this uh the spiritual pressure there, you know, people are have this unrest because they were murdered. Mm -hmm. And that right there, I said, oh my goodness. Not only we just kept back from this information in our area because it was kind of like a secret, but finding, finding out that a lot of these truckers who came around in that property in that area in Slocum, Texas, that they experience the same thing. And that scares the crap out of me when you hear ghost stories, paranoia uh, stories. I mean, even my grandmother has like this ghost in her house. <laughs> and everybody has experienced the same spirit, spooky specter, tall, we call him a tall man. That dude would sit there and look at us while we sitting there eating in the kitchen. Mm. And we would not, we would pause and we, I mean, we would just be in conversation, my brother and my cousin. Uh, we'd just be in the kitchen talking, eating, you know, and then all of a sudden we all get still and we stop talking. Mm. And and we just and we're I mean and we're we we can feel everything in our whole body just just like all the color and everything just sucked out of our body. The hair on our like bodies, like the back of our necks too, like our arms are standing up. Mm -hmm. And and we're trying to like eat, but we're too scared to eat because if we look at the um at the corner of our eye into the living room, we will see a tall dark figure sitting there staring at us. Mm. <laughs> Girl, yeah. you talking about I got some stories about the oh baby the dude the even the, the little the, the dude sat on my foot one night <laughs> 
And I heard him breathing. I said, I said, oh my God, I feel like I'm in poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Well, I I've never I personally never experienced any um paranormal or supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't want to because I don't, don't. No, I, I, I do and I don't. It, it just it's one of those things where if it's like daylight and all the windows are open, the doors are open and I'm not in the house and I can see it through binoculars like it has to be something where I don't feel like I'm trapped mm-hmm. because I don't think being in a house, you know, after midnight and doing ghost haunting is me however i do have a second show about stuff like that so it's just it's like i want to know but don't want to know type deal it's it's a love hate Mm -hmm. um thing i do i believe in ghosts do i believe in all that stuff i believe it exists but i've never seen it so i cannot say for sure it is real however it can be real it 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 just depends on all these debunking that you have to do Mm -hmm. that's why um the my my partner that was on there um her name is dr lovey for the prater natural mysteries part Mm -hmm. she she studied paranormal Mm -hmm. um so she is more of like, these are scientific facts. These are it. And I'm the one that's like, okay, I'm the devil's advocate mm-hmm. <laughs> of the show um, based on just logic. I'm very logic thinking. It's probably mm-hmm. a term for that. I don't know. But even when I watch horror movies mm-hmm. and I'm analyzing them, for my mm-hmm. guest, um, it I I have to s- see where they're coming from, where my guest is coming from. So when I have my guest on my show, I'm actually reviewing their horror movie with them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just an interview. I mean, they mm-hmm. it seems like an interview, but I'm breaking it down. And wow. one of them, um, um. Ryan Spindell, mm-hmm. his movie um, is uh, it's on Shutter. It's called The Mortuary Collection. Mm-hmm. And the first time I watched it, I absolutely loved it. And I saw an inspiration into that. And when I had him on the show, I said, I see Tales from the Hood. And he was like, you're correct. That was my inspiration. I mean, from the moment I saw the house in that movie I was like nope that is it's all the way through and it was very strong in it and he said yes he absolutely loved Tales from the Hood and that was his inspiration also um, there were some things in the film from the beginning middle and end and I I break down scene by scene for myself Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of notes. And when I talked to him, I was like, I saw this, I saw this. And then he, you know, 
would talk about, or any director would talk about, you know, maybe they had a tragic moment in their Mm -hmm. lives because sometimes a scene is too personal. Mm -hmm. Like it just feel like it's too accurate because like I Mm -hmm. said, I use logic. Um, Mm -hmm. Not all the time because that takes a lot of energy, but only when it, I only do that when it comes to the, when I'm having the guest on my show, I only do that for the guest. Um, So when I, when I was like, there was a scene where it, there was a woman who passed away and she was just suffering and the person uh, was suffering too, that was taking care of her. He wasn't sick, but he was also suffering, have to take care of her, have to deal with her. And he brought up his grandmother where it was very tough on the family, not, not just her. And that's what he said about his life. So sometimes the guests, um, feel comfortable enough to talk about certain things um, on my show. I've had guests that came out of the closet. They said, Hey, they were gay. They were lesbian. Um, Cause they, they feel comfortable. I make sure all my guests are comfortable. It's a safe space. I don't care what you're into or who you are. Um, I, it, we're talking about the movie, but if you feel comfortable to talk about personal things, um, do so if it relates to what we're talking about and it, and it, you want people to, to see who you really are. Um, yeah. So I've had, I've had that situation. I've seen things where I said, you know, um, the clothing someone's wearing, um, indicate sadness, happy. And there was one director, uh, he was like, Oh, (laughs) and he was like oh because I really love this band and I made sure it was in there that's part of a band but Mm -hmm. the clothing indicate the situation the the person was going through their journey throughout the film Mm -hmm. and he didn't even know that like he didn't he probably did it um subconsciously but Mm -hmm. when I pointed it out it was like oh you know made him aware of that And I learned that stuff. Um, I went to film school uh, and that some things that I have learned about Mm -hmm. that, because a lot of classic films, uh, not the black and white, because there's no color, but the ones in the, the, in the color um, realm would do that to indicate, you know, passion and stuff like that. Paintings. um, I took art history. Paintings. Uh, did a lot of that um, because especially a lot of early paintings, classic mm-hmm. paintings, uh, mm-hmm. Michelangelo and um, Brock and all that stuff, they were commissioned by the church because the church was the only time that really had money unless you were, you know, a king or queen or something. Yeah, yeah, that too. So yeah, unless you you had to have some money because it was expensive and paints were expensive. <laughs> <The> <laughs> artists were expensive. So, but yeah, they were commissioned a lot by the church. So you see a lot of paintings with Christ and stuff, but you see the colors, the blues, the reds, stuff like that. And learning art history that is why they would use those colors and that same thing transitioned into film 
that mm-hmm. a lot of directors have a certain aesthetic that they have to show and especially a period piece. And then as you're watching it and you see a character wearing white all the time, oh, that means mm-hmm. purity, their innocence, but it could be the enemy. Mm-hmm. So you have to follow the story. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of blues, you know, um, a lot of passion and sorrow. So, so I learned that stuff. So when I'm watching a film, and Mm -hmm. have to break it down i i pay attention to that so there's several things and then it's the story is it about a child being abused is it about a person being abused uh you know and i talk about that and i break it down how they're being abused because coming from abusive family um is it I I use my life experience when I'm breaking these films down when it comes to the psychological of part of how it affects a child. And um, that's kind of scary because Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to become the character. So I'm like the detective have to become the killer to find the killer, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it takes a lot. I'm exhausted when I do it, but that's, something I love doing is interviewing people about their films. And one, it's not about me. It's Mm -hmm. for them. It improves their next film or they correct a film, you know, like, oh, I, you know, especially if they're still filming and it's still in the process. Those are a lot of independent films. They just want me to see it's like a concept or something. Um, and then they change things up or fix things or it's just some, I, sometimes you just need someone to, to critique something, mm-hmm. but be truthful. You don't have to be harsh and mean. That's mm-hmm. or I see that a lot of film uh, critics and reviewers. It's like, Oh, this movie is terrible. Well, mm-hmm. why, why is it terrible? Sometimes mm-hmm. you may feel like, your thoughts don't matter. And I struggle with that. But when yeah. someone asks me, what do you think? And I tell them what I think. I have to be mindful because that mm-hmm. is their baby. That is their work. That's the time they put in their money. So mm-hmm. when you're saying a movie is terrible, don't say a movie is terrible. Say, you know what? I saw these elements in here, but, and, and then I saw this yes. in here. And although this movie is not for me, you may enjoy it because of X, Y, and Z. Yes. But you you have to check it out for yourself. And I found movies that I thought was terrible. Like, oh, who made this? But I would never say, uh, don't watch it. Now, you may hear me say this movie is bad, but I would never, ever, ever tell someone not to watch it. I would actually encourage you to watch it and tell me what you think, because I've came across some situations where someone saw a movie and said, you know what? This was fun. I actually enjoyed it, but I thought it was bad. But see, it's like a painting. It's all subjective. It's it, it's all for a different interpretation. It's for a yes. conversation. Yes. You know, yes, a movie may be horrid, mm-hmm. but but give critical reasons why it could probably help the director, the writer, or whatnot. Because a lot of filmmakers that we see today, 
older ones have started mm-hmm. in horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Spielberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, even Peter Jackson. Yes. You know, yes, even J.J. Abrams. Yes. Yes. You know, you have to understand that. And now they're huge because it's a learning process. We're, they're still learning. You may watch, you know, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek and be like, mm-hmm. what in yeah. the world? But and you see it differently in number two. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, believe me, your words matter when it comes to film. It's just, if you're screaming, no one's going to listen. But if you're calm and say, you know what? I see X, Y, and Z. These were the issues. A director may be flipping through, um, the internet or a magazine and read that and be like, you know what? I get what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And on their next film, they, they will remember that and correct themselves. It just, you know, it's just how you do it. Yeah. Girl, you had me over here like, like I'm going to break out with my tambourine and have the Holy Ghost. Because you ain't, <laughs> you are nothing. You Girl, you talking nothing but facts. You're, not, you're talking nothing but facts. Particularly what you said, you use logic. I may sound like on my podcast, like I'm just going off random off tangent. But when mm-hmm. I say we get back to the main point, it's because I'm looking at this at a logical sense of breaking it down. You also mm-hmm. mentioned colors because you uh, took art history. I did too. And one director I particularly paid attention is uh, Gurumero del Toro. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo del Toro uses the color red with his protagonist. You see it in Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see it in his first film, Chrono, with the little granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. You, it, Hellboy, all of that. You see that he uses red, and and it's because of his uh, heritage. And his, uh, you know, his uh, culture, you know, in Mexico, because he's Mexican, he's mm-hmm. from Mexico. And you see that, you see a lot of that, that uh, color therapy of what he used in his uh, movies. Um, same way with Sam Raimi, you see, like, when he started out, what was like, Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. G- girl ran out of money. <laughs> Came back. What do you use? You what my son said when he was listening to the commentary. He's about three or four years old. He said, "Mom, on Evil Dead, they used oatmeal for like the other scenes." I'm like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> but you see him uh, using the color blue with Bruce Campbell's character Patch because mm-hmm. it's like that blue collar man, that regular guy. Shop smart, shop mm-hmm. that smart, you know. Mm-hmm. But that blue is more of like that hero type you know, color, you know, you see it with Superman and a lot of uh, uh, people who create uh, films, it doesn't matter, art, uh, whatever, in in that art medium, they use a lot of color therapy. And Mm -hmm. um, I uh, reviewed some movies myself and I reviewed this movie called The The Man That Time Travel or something like that from the year 3036. It was a horrible movie, but it was it was like an independent one. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and picked out some of the things that I liked about it, and then some of the things I did not like about it. 
But guess what? I actually appreciate that filmmaker who did not have like this big, huge budget of putting this on. And you can find it like on Tubi or something. And my sister was telling me this and, and it scared the living daylight out of her. And this is, came out when, you know, COVID time. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out with this movie. And, um, and, and it scared the crap out of her. I watched it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. But I like had the fun of just watching this because this is a guy who created this. He created the story um blah 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 like from the lighting etc uh costuming you know just things like that it was just stuff that he had to use he had to do what he had to do but I still did not like it but I had fun watching it It was boring and stuff but you have to be uh non-biased of like seeing both sides and Mm -hmm. that what makes you unique is because you break it down you don't you're not going willy-nilly with it i have seen some content creators not naming any names i'm not gonna boo-boo on that but it just doesn't have that that intellectual appeal because i like being intellectually stimulated and i Mm -hmm. also like to be enjoyed but i also like to see like a breakdown of uh, how why is this film you know you mentioned about uh about caregiving the woman was sick but you see the suffering from the caregiver guess what we can all relate i just can relate to that because guess what my grandmother passed away in july oh i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay it's, it's fine she's in a better place and everything i miss the like like the dickens but guess mm-hmm. what i caregear for her my cousin caregear for her my uncle caregiver for her that is exhausting mm-hmm. it, it is a lot out of, it takes a lot out of you so much emotionally and mentally physically it just mm-hmm. does and when you and when you uh, uh put your personal stories and i do the same thing uh with mine too put a personal story with mine you know if it was a different film like if i watched it um, say like RoboCop, you know, which is actually a modern day Frankenstein uh, movie disguised as an action um, science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. But I remember as 10 years old, just bawling and crying at this movie because guess what? I felt like shit. I got bullied a lot. And mm. so I internalized that as like, man, this man had everything taken away from him. Then, uh, OCP changed him into like this, uh, you know, crime fighting, you know, cyborg. Now he's confused. The confliction is what got me into my heart. It was very sentimental because he didn't know if he was a man or a machine. He was like, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm a human or a, a machine. And I was going through a lot of things um, around that time, some abuse and everything else. And it's like, do I feel like I'm human? Do I feel like I'm worthy of living or do I feel worthy of not living? Mm. It is a, it, it was like so much in Robocop that it, it is. It's a it's sentimental to my heart. I always love Robocop. And um and I love how you make your guests, the people that you interview, comfortable where they just come out. 
and that's good that you do that because like really you don't want your guests to come up all stiff and you know and <laughs> like that you know you offer you create that safe space and you got a very calm and soothing voice too you really do and they see how your personality shine when you interview them they like this is my friend right here you know yeah what's up girl how you doing shoot yeah blah 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 blah, blah. I love that. You always want your guests to feel uncomfortable. You don't want them to feel uptight and terse and, you know, <laughs> you know, just just like, ooh, you well, know, like they hold like they holding in a fart or whatever. You want to be like, hold on, girl. Let me, uh, you know, excuse me and everything, but I'm comfortable with you. You like you have that like, let me be uh comfortable. I gotta poop. And then y'all just continue <laughs> to go on. Like that's <laughs> That's well, that's the atmosphere like that. Another thing I've noticed doing mm-hmm. this is that the horror community is a very small community. Mm-hmm. Very small. Um, everybody works with somebody that they know from somewhere in some mm-hmm. form. And if you come off of this attitude or very aggressive or just mean or whatnot that stuff spreads Mm -hmm. it just keeps going and going and for me i'm just i'm trying to establish something Mm -hmm. and and i want people to know that they're they're welcome um Mm -hmm. you know i don't care what you are you know let's talk Mm -hmm. about your film you know that's important to me than anything else and i want that to be known right. and someone um a friend of mine that I had was well, now a friend of mine I had her on my show she did the mm-hmm. makeup her name is um Jesse Seitz and she did the makeup on uh Jacob's wife she, mm-hmm. and she was telling me about a an idea of a documentary she was coming up with and she had let me know about it. Uh, you know, my, many, many months went by and she was saying, Oh, she's trying to get it off, the, you know, off the ground. Mm-hmm. Many months went by and she said, Hey, you, you know, you want to be in the documentary. I really do want you in there. And, um, and I was like, Oh, okay. Long story short, the same people that I interviewed, for mm-hmm. the revealer mm-hmm. they were on my show we talked about their film and their experience of the film i had two of the main stars and the writer and the director mm-hmm. and i mean we were some of us was crying i mean we really broke down well i really broke down the film but they they understood where i was coming from and mm-hmm. you know some of them you know came out I mean, they probably was out, but they felt comfortable to yeah. say that. And and um, it was just tears, you know, the meaning behind what I saw these people. Those same people are producing her documentary and they wanted me in the documentary. That is so amazing. That's, that's amazing. why I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> um that's what I'm saying. Like the world 
and is so small and your mm. reputation is number one above anything. And I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, um, Latino, Mexican, Puerto Rican, wherever you're from, the reputation that you have is above all. Mm-hmm. Then it's everything else. Because mm-hmm. if they say, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, good name, Keisha or whatever. I mean, she's great and all, but she's such a B. You know what I mean? Like that, that is who you going to be. Oh, I don't want to work with that. They don't even mm-hmm. give you a chance. And they mm-hmm. skip over you and you never even know about it. And then you're like, man, I've been working hard and why I can't get in the door, you mm-hmm. know? And it's because the people see you coming and they, they lock it because you yep. have this reputation. That's why I tell mm-hmm. people, if you're going to review a movie, you could say a movie's bad, but give some concrete reason. Why? Don't just break, don't be just knock it down. Oh my God, the director was terrible. He didn't know what he yeah. was doing because you never know. Like, oh man, I really want to interview this person. And they could be the brother of the director of the movie you hated. <laughs> Baby! You know what I'm saying? Back. So yes. it's uh, directors and writers and producers they understand criticism Mm -hmm. rather they Mm -hmm. like it or not they understand Mm -hmm. people are going to hate their film people are going to love it but it's the respect of how you Mm -hmm. do it because you never know who's going to open that that damn door Mm -hmm. you have no idea and that is something i am learning i mean it's just it does not matter what you're doing it's the reputation it's number one then it's your skin then it's Mm. everything else now you do have jerks out there that see your skin before you it's it's, Mm. you can't change what's in people's minds and in their hearts you just have to work yes as a black woman I have to work 10 times harder to show what I could do. It's not impossible. It's just freaking hard. It's hard as hell. But I am thankful, thankful Mm -hmm. for the opportunities that has came my way. And it wasn't because I sat and complained. Mm -hmm. I just kept doing it. There are things that people have not done that says, girl, how are you doing it? Like I came up with the whole thing about shutterware, where I dedicate an entire month to shutter. Now, anyone could do that. It's not hard. Just sit there and say, oh, I want to talk about shutter movies. But I took it a step further. You sure did. I contacted some uh, a person from shutter mm-hmm. and said, hey, <laughs> I'm doing this thing. <laughs> Can you help me out getting contact with directors and I'll go from there. And they did. And it was on Instagram live. I had 12 people and it worked out. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it again. But this time go a little step further. They're all pre-recorded. Um, and I talked to Samuel Zimmerman, who is the, the, uh, the whole he's every movie every show goes through his fingers he mm-hmm. is shutter <laughs> pretty much um so 
he was the first he, i talked to him first on mm-hmm. when um i first began but then i was like i'm gonna do a number two mm-hmm. uh part two for this so a year went by and i planned it and i did mm-hmm. it again and they had he had such a great time and everyone else and then um i guess my reputation from there oh she's not crazy <laughs> she's not this weird person so it was like who do you need who can we get in contact for you and I was like oh okay so then it worked out and that's a reputation that I have I do not work for Shutter. some people mm-hmm. think I'm a gateway I've had that people like try to be friends with me and just say oh what about Shutter? you know or how can I like, I don't know. I don't work for them. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I can't help you there. Um, but the reputation from some of the people, the head of press and pro- the CEO and the main programmer is that I'm a cool person. That's as far as it go. Right. I don't work for them. I don't affiliate. I don't know anything. The ability to email and say, hey, I really want to talk to these people. I am so thankful that I'm Mm -hmm. able to get that far. It doesn't, they can't always do it, you know, Um, but to get that far is actually pretty nice. Now I'm doing it a third time and I would have to ask and see who's available and go from there. But always go a step further you just never know who is willing to listen you just get one person to listen to you one and it could change your whole life being on dead meat changed my whole life i still had to do the work right but i knew i knew i had one shot they gave me the stage and i danced they didn't help me. They gave me the stage. And from then on, it's the work you put in. People, none of this stuff or anything that I got to go to just came to me because somebody just wanted to do it. Someone mm-hmm. saw something I did and was happy about it and gave me a shot. And then I become friends. Some of the directors from Shutterware are now my friends. Some of the mm-hmm. writers, some are now my friends. Um, it, it's it's just it's just something I'm just so thankful. Now the my personal life, I I, I there's a point where I hope they mesh together, mm-hmm. um, and I'm able to live off what I do. I'm mm-hmm. able to keep doing what I do. And it's hard. There's times I want to cry. There's times I do cry. I sit in the corner. I'm just upset. I get depressed. I'm unhappy. Not because of the the work that I'm doing. Is that I'm I feel like I'm almost there yeah. to get out of where I am. And and it's like, oh, it's just right there. And I also sometimes compare myself to others, which it's a normal thing. People say, oh, don't do it. No, I don't care who you are. You're going to look at someone and be like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. And 
that's normal, mm-hmm. but don't stay in that mindset. And I've had to learn the hard way. There are people that are my friends um, who've been doing this 10 years, 20 years, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm expected to start three years in and, oh my gosh, I got to have like this contract. Um, but no, you don't have the experience. Some people mm-hmm. do it in a short time and then, oh my goodness, they're like, you know, a phenomenal. But the blood, sweat, and tears is real and you will have to go through it. I don't care who you are. Now, what's great about it is if you go through the blood, sweat, and tears before you make it big. If you're, because you're going to go through it before, the middle, during, or after. But I'd rather mm-hmm. go through it before. At least get the big stuff out the way. <laughs> right. And then you can enjoy and have a whole new set of problems. But it's not <laughs> that that blood, sweat, and tears, you know. But uh, because I think if you hit fame and everything so fast, it gets mm-hmm. you. It, it's going to get you because now you can't handle it because everybody's looking at you. Now, if you're crying and, and blood, sweat, and tears before you get there, all the, all they're going to see is your achievements. And that's okay because you can't please everybody. Oh my God, she did this. She did that. And uh, yeah. And I've had that experience like, Oh my God, how did, how are you able to do that? And, And then people look at horror movies and beyond. And I have to tell you, no, I had a blog before this. Mm-hmm. I had to overcome speech problems. Mm-hmm. I get so much anxiety talking to people. I would sweat. And you say, you wouldn't see that now. I still sweat. I get nervous every interview. Every, I don't care who they are. I am nervous because it is natural. Mm-hmm. It is natural. If you're not nervous, something's wrong. You're not prepared. And that that's a hundred percent. And I learned that when I took theater, mm-hmm. you have to be nervous because mm-hmm. you are aware. You don't have to be so nervous. You can't get out there. That's something else. But if you have those little butterflies in your stomach, your heart Ooh. is racing and you're like, Ooh, I can't breathe. You are prepared. Now go have a good show. Right. Mm-hmm. You just made me, I have never done this on this podcast. You just literally put me in tears. You did, you just put me in tears. Oh, gosh, girl, you are, you and Christine Germain have literally put me in tears. <laughs> Y'all don't make me cry. Because I'm speaking the truth. Sometimes you are. When no one helped me. No one helped me when I was younger. No one said, I didn't have no one to save me. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have, you know, Falcor swoop down and take me away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't have a gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm being for real. I didn't have, I you know, these things where someone could just take me away. Peter Pan didn't take me to never, never land. You know, I, I didn't have that. I had to deal with every emotional 
abuse or good thing or feelings of happiness. I didn't have no one to share it. And, and because the people that I was sharing my happiness with, especially my family were jealous. They want you to be happy. Don't want, no, don't want nothing yeah. for you. It's rather for you to just wallow yeah. in, just wallow in sadness. And, yeah. Because and, they, I mean, because they think you're better than them. And my last relationship, I mean, he was mm -hmm. a completely narcissist. Oh, Lord. Have and mercy. Uh, I could it, not. It wasn't my ex-husband. <laughs> and I was with him for nine years and I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. I would have gave him half my heart if I could. All of it. Because I could not see myself living not it wasn't without him that's kind of weird it was mm -hmm. living um i couldn't live knowing i could have helped him live because my life even though i valued it mm -hmm. i felt like i wanted to see him go on because i loved him so much but when i started the blog and this i was with him and mm -hmm. I wanted him, I wanted us to grow an empire because he was into comic books. He was yeah. into video games and horror. There's video games. It goes hand in hand. There's comic books. Yeah. Right. And, and he was very good at it, you know, but he had machismo. He was the misogynistic and I didn't, Ugh. you don't learn about a person until you live with them. I don't you care sure who you it. are. Sometimes they reveal themselves up front, but you know who they are um, once you live with them. And by that time, you know, financially, I couldn't leave because things expensive and now it's crazy. So it was just a tough thing. And I really wanted him to be with me. And he found every way to not be with me and sometimes mm. sabotage me mm. um, because he didn't want to see me better than him. And I right. couldn't understand that when you're standing with me. You know, I never downgraded him. I always wanted him to be with me. But that's another story. But But that is very hurtful. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's one thing I have to say that no one gets anything that I'm saying is that sometimes you have to do it alone and you cannot rely on anybody to help you. But if someone volunteers to help you, take it, take it, take it because it will probably never happen again. Now, other than that, you know, if you're into knitting <laughs> and you want to have a whole story about knitting and you have a cousin that knits and you want to go in business and she's lollygagging and procrastinating, then you have to realize you got to do it yourself. It's harder by yourself. Believe me. I used to cry when I see James and Chelsea, not because I wanted to be like them, it was because of the the friendship, even though they were together, it was the mm -hmm. friendship that they had and the story yeah. that they told how they got there is just remarkable. And I wanted that part. It was like, I wanted a partner. 
I wanted to partner. If I cried, they were crying with me. If I fell down, we fell together and we got up together. I wanted that, not just them, but I have other friends out there um, who who are married and who have relationships. It's not easy. Believe me, relationships are not easy, but they fell together. They got up together. They ran together. They were dragging each other. And I wanted that part. And it's scary to do it alone, but I'm doing it alone. I am right now saying with you, I am doing this alone and it scares the hell out of me because once I fail, there's no one to help me get up. I have to get up when I fail. And that is the hardest thing you could ever do in your life is when you hit the rock bottom, you're going to have to stand up with scraped knees, broken ankles, black eyes, broken ribs. Yeah. I mean, spitting your teeth out. And stand up and just keep going. And while everyone's pointing at you, you look horrible. You look terrible. You're going to fail. And you're all beaten up just just to feel that hope that if you keep going, you'll make it. You don't know when you'll make it. It may take you a year, six months, 10, 20 years, but you feel it. You're going to make it. And I try to use that part because I don't have a partner and sometimes I cry and I'm not ashamed about it. I cry because I have to make every decision by myself and that decision could break or make it. That is Mm -hmm. scary. But if you have a partner, you could feed off, throw ideas and trial and error before you make the leap. That is the most beautiful thing you can ever have but not a lot of people have that. And one move could ruin your whole life. And that's scary. Again, you done got me sitting up tearing up and stuff. You really have because you doing everything by yourself. I'm doing this by myself too. And I did uh, the segment, the horror, the spooky horror read segment. I picked four authors um you know because everybody was doing like 30 days of halloween whatever whatever i was like i'm not gonna do that i was like because i love to read books so mm-hmm. i picked out four authors and i um uh, had them to record you know uh excerpts from their books and i just put it together i put it out there mm-hmm. and i had to ask me how did you do it knowing that you dj now I'm uh I'm an instructor uh training for uh you know lashes and stuff and also you know I also uh teaching the kid you know the students how to do um eyelash extensions. Um I'm getting ready for tax season. Mm-hmm. Uh I have my own uh tax business. I'm gonna move my uh all my stuff out of uh my house up into uh an office building. I also do mobile notary. And they say, how do you do it? I said, well, I got jumped in the TARDIS and everything else. You know, I can jump in, uh, 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 you know, in a DeLorean, do that. But I do that by myself. It is hard. And I feel you 100%. You cry, you cry. I don't have my crying moments. 
I done had where I'm like, I don't even want to do this shit anymore. I done seen people where they are like this, you know, they're so successful with it and everything else. And I'm like, how come I don't have this? Like, how come I can't have this type of like, uh, you know, audience and everything else? But guess what? That just makes me like, you know what? Keep pushing. Keep going. Mm -hmm. You'll find it. You find your voice. Keep doing it. And I feel you on that partner thing, girl, because I want somebody to be there for me. And I totally get the whole relationship with the narcissist. Baby, I was married to one. Mm. And that's a story right there because I was uh, going to move out to uh, Southern California as a makeup artist um, with my daughter at the time. It was from a previous relationship. It was just me and my daughter. And uh, my ex-husband at the time we were just dating and stuff and I just never understood why he would sit there and call me mediocre you're just a mediocre uh makeup artist you know you go out there and nobody's not gonna recognize you and I sat there and believed that because I didn't have that self-esteem about myself and plus I'm still dealing the grief of my mother passing at 40 years old and I was like around 25 26 and um, I don't went through some shit, girl. Um, I was evicted out of my apartment. I got my car repoed. I got kicked out of beauty school. Not once, but twice. I even got fired from a job. All trying to go to beauty school. Then trying to take care of a little girl. My daughter. She's 23 now. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, why am I believing this dude? of knowing before when I met him, I went through a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. And I graduated from beauty um, beauty college and got my license and everything else. Mm -hmm. and he was supportive. Not at all. Not me starting my career uh, as an esthetician. Did not want. He always wanted me to support his stuff. I did. I bent over backwards. I was tired. Girl, mm -hmm. I had a, a breakdown. I almost killed him. I actually almost killed him. I, you know, like a, a, a what's this show? Uh, snap. <laughs> it was a, girl, it was a snap moment. Girl, I broke out of my clothes like I was the incredible Hulk. I tore ripped all of my clothes. And not only that, I was on my cycle at the time. Mm. Girl, they gave me the extra strength. I mean, extra uh, incredible Hulk strength right there girl butt naked breaking down the dough beating I'm punching holes my ex-in-laws asked me who put them holes in the door me <laughs> going mm. after your son I'm finna kill him mm. and I took and I had a knife I was ready to stab him girl I was like yes I'm finna stab him because I had enough of that I can't I can't do a relationship that is just so one-sided and I learned from that because I said you know I deserve a lot of respect I deserve you know somebody that loves me of who I am and support me as well as I love and support them mm -hmm. so that 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 healthy you know reciprocity between each other just not only just like as lovers but as best friends a partner mm -hmm. 
all of that. And I done been in a marriage where it was just real shitty, but I had some good moments in it too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 shoot, I done got my nose messed up by him. It was domestic violence. Mm. But I had to, de- girl, I had to defend myself too because I would not fight back. And I couldn't believe that I cannot believe I'm in a relationship like this. And I never thought in a million years I would be in something like that. But there is a backstory to that because guess what? You always have that generational thing, mm-hmm. you know, passing down. And then you wonder why I was like that. And you're like, oh, my mom and dad. Yeah. And and I said to myself, I say, you know, I'm going to get help. You mm-hmm. know, I divorced um it took a long time for me to get up out of that mode of because how much he psychologically damaged me Mm -hmm. it took a long time it took a long time i got i got my stuff back i feel girl don't you feel good that you got your soul back because when you were a narcissist girl they would eat your soul alive (laughs) i still have a long way to go but i am I'm I'm aware. I'm much aware now because at the time, you know, it, it was new. I didn't know I was experiencing mm-hmm. what I did and knowing now that oh my god that wasn't healthy. You know, mm-hmm. this was a sign. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, never been in this kind of relationship type thing. It was like, wow, when I started reading things and seeing videos and people expressing and talking about how they survived that kind of relationship. And it was this common structure that they were in. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what it is. Even doctors, like I've come across this stuff now. It's like, I never knew about that, you know, but it's a learning process. You know, life is learning. Life is not, you know, if you're stuck somewhere, if you're set in stone of what you think life is, you're destined to fail in everything because you have to learn something every day I don't care what it is you learn something you have to be willing to understand you may not agree but mm-hmm. learn it oh wow. I learned this I'm I'm not into it but I did un- I get it you know and it's just it's just learning so at the age I am now um I came to the point Mm-hmm. You know, where I feel like oh, I might be alone, you know, I might be alone because, you know, being in such a damaged relationship, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could, you start to th- see things and get to the point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to know what's going on. Like, I, I don't want to know about, you know, what's your favorite color. <laughs> I don't want to know about these things and your favorite music. What is your plan? Like, I'm just that because I went through a nine year relationship. And before then I was in a 
eight to 15 year relationship. So, you know, I'm now I'm like, you know, I don't have any kids, you know, mm-hmm. never been married. Thank goodness. But it's like, uh, I don't want to, I don't have time to waste. Don't Why? wait. Cause I've wasted it already. Now I'm trying to have this horror movie career. I'm trying to build this reputation up. I'm trying to build something up and get myself out there. And I still have a long way to go. I mean, I don't know what people see. Some, you know, some people see things uh, on the outside and be like, oh man, (laughs) you got X, Y, and Z. But the person that's in it don't see shit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, you girl, you all right? I say okay. shit. Damn, damn, damn. Okay, like, but, girl, but may not see it. And and yeah. when, I, I'm not trying to be modest. I'm not trying to be these things. It's just that when someone says like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I'm talking to you. I just feel like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I don't feel like I'm there. You know, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I feel like I'm on my way there. Yeah. Um, or maybe I've done a lot and I don't realize it yet. And I'm just going, you know, maybe I haven't sat down and said, oh my God, look at what I've achieved, but I'm still running. I'm still in the race. I'm still trying to do my race. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I used to look at other people races and then Sometimes it's real crappy over there. And I was like, wait a minute, I need to stay on my race. I'm I'm at this time in my life where my race has begun. And I skip and hop and walk and run. And that's okay. Because eventually when I get to the end, you know, it's I'm the winner of my own race. And wow. that's a it's a it's a pretty tough mindset. Um but you have, yeah, you just have to, and especially with this particular genre, it's mm-hmm. really tough because mm-hmm. it is a white man's genre, and that's not a negative thing. It's just no, it's what not. it is. It started like that from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, when for for film, of course, um, mm-hmm. and it just you know it's keep going. And yes, we have some you know some wonderful black artists and horror but it's a handful in comparison and the people who have this the keys to the studio are not black mostly so Mm -hmm. you still have to appeal to all audiences and once you're able to get in the door this is what i tell people once you're able to get in the door then you bring people that look like you with you. You you just got to get the door open. But you have to appeal to the people that you feel like you don't have to. Oh, oh, you know, I wanted black everything. I wanted Mexican everything. That's great. Do it. Right. Yes. Who has the key to that studio you're trying to get in there? You have to appeal to that. There's nothing wrong. You're not selling out. You're not. You just have to appeal to the audience. You can have your everything. But that's what you have to do. And for one example, um, 
it's this director. I'm going to say his name wrong. I know I am, but it's 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 either Damon Damien Rugner. Damien Rugner. I think it's Rugna. how you say that. He's a um, he directed Terrified. That's on Shutter, and that movie scared the crap out of me. It was very subtle what he did, but he. I mean, great writing, great acting. It was wonderful. And I interviewed him for mm-hmm. Shutterary uh, two years ago. And he was like, I said, man, your movie was amazing. Amazing. It's it's an Argentina film. And he, and he was like, really? I was like, wait a minute. You don't know how great your film is? Because he lives in Argentina. And he was like... Uh, I know, but I didn't know it was that great. I said, "Oh my goodness, that's that you're one of the number ones over here of the scariest horror movie. You're in the top of almost everyone's list." And he was so thankful. But 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 wait, here's more. <laughs> okay, so Shutter is part of AMC. Mm-hmm. Now you see where I'm going with that. His film got in here. Now he's working on another film for Shudder. Do you see what I'm saying? But but everybody in the film is from Argentina. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You Mm -hmm. bring forth, but you're appealing to everyone. And he's getting his people jobs. You you, you see what I'm saying? That's how you do it and 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 it's nothing wrong with that no it's not it really isn't and he's thankful people i mean people are from argentina i mean they have horror movies there but now he is bringing he's opening doors people are seeing opportunities we have Mm. actors we've never seen and i've never heard of any of those actors but oh my goodness they were acting their butts off in the film and now they, you know, they're now they're working on jobs. One guy, mm-hmm. I did a um, thing where send in your your film, your short film, and I watched his short film, and it was called Behind the Door, mm-hmm. and it's and it was one of the best short films I've ever seen. Very subtle, two uh-huh. actors, and it was during the COVID, mm-hmm. and I told him it was the one of the best I've ever seen. It was so scary to be such small detail. And mm-hmm. turns out he, I believe is um, the cameraman or, oh. or working on the film that is currently that Damien Rugna is working on. I didn't know that. That is so awesome. So you see how, the horror community is very tiny, even across mm-hmm. the country, even across the world is very tiny, mm-hmm. but it's Argentina, beautiful language, beautiful writing, beautiful art, beautiful direct. I mean, horror, it was, it's just beautiful the way they do it, but he's getting his people recognized that they can write horror. They can direct horror. And now they got other opportunities coming here to the States. That's how you get your people in. And I keep telling people that. 
And Jordan Peele's doing that. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing these actors, these black actors that, I mean, beautifully um, acting, you know, it's not always drama and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, now they're doing horror, but wow. You know what I'm saying? He appeals to all audience, black, yeah. white, whatever. And he's giving everybody of people of color chances. And to mm-hmm. show we can bring people to the theater. We can make millions of dollars. It I... takes the right person, the right talent, the right skill, the right script, and we could do it. We don't have to be gang members, druggies. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have the horror struggles. We don't have to have that to make movies. No, we don't. And he is proving that. And he Mm -hmm. is also could put, you could put a little bit of the black struggle in there. Of course that, I mean, yes, but it doesn't have to always be. Nope. Definitely wasn't that. It sure was not. No. Mm-mm. He started it's, with Get Out and he ended with Nope. Mm-hmm. And he's still doing it. So in two years, we'll have another film because it seemed like every two to three years he's coming out. And, you know, he's doing Window and Wild. He's appealing I gotta to watch the that. audience. And that's on Netflix. This man is a genius. He's no, he is the blueprint of film. And people are letting it go over their heads. I see it. I see it. I do too. So I, 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 I see that in Jordan Peele, and and he is. He's the blueprint, and he's opening all of this up. And I was like, this is the time for, like you said, we need to step in. You know, we need to like you was talking about. I'm looking up um, terrified from Demona Rugna. Yeah, and I love foreign horror films, girl. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of us don't talk about for uh, you know, uh, foreign horror films. They're very beautiful. They have a different perspective on horror. I love that. And the, the one thing I don't like, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. say this, um, mm-hmm. I don't like when we have these great foreign filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Their their work come here to the states. Beautiful, uh, uh, done. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. oh my, God, scared the crap out of you. I mean, we got Train to Bushan, which is that I believe is the number one zombie film ever. That is, I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> that it is, you know, that is my number one zombie film. Yeah, with me too, because you had a girl. I'm snot booger crying and oh, everything. Oh, I yeah. cried so hard I had to get up off the floor. I laid out. Girl, girl, I was like, the motion, the motion, that little girl should have won an Oscar. Three Oscars. She should have taken all the Oscars. I've never seen so much truth in a child acting. I don't think they were acting. They probably did something to her. (laughs) (laughs) I was crying with her i was like oh my I god get this too. if i ever meet that little girl i'm giving her a hug like girl you acted your ass 
Girl, she did. I'll be like, blink twice if you're in danger because there is no way that was acting. What could you tell a child to cry like that, to show that much emotion? That's crazy. Um, But yeah, Train to Bouchon, One Cut of the Dead. I mean, oh my God. But anyway, so what I'm saying about that is that you get that. You get, oh my God, unbelievable. And you know what they do? They Americanize them. Oh, I hate that shit. So now there's a Train to Bouchon remake. I spoke about that right there. It's on this podcast because I went. That hurts my soul. That hurts my heart. Why? Why? I know. Because people don't want to read. Why? There's no point to that. It's art. Do you think someone is going to redo the Mona Lisa? No, you're gonna no, or um, you know, or or any of the great art. I mean, who's gonna redo Frida? You think somebody gonna Americanize Frida artwork? Hell no. Hold on, that's somebody trying to uh unmelt the clocks and stuff in Salvador Dali's uh surrealism painting. Oh lord, but do you see? Like but this. do you see what I'm saying? It's like why yes. are we doing that? Accept the culture exactly they did that for the ring they did yes, that they did. um for the grudge girl the, mm-hmm. the the original grudge scared the hell out of me more than the remake <laughs> David, come on with it it's like come on with i get it. what you're doing there's nothing wrong with your own perception of what you want but taking something that's a masterpiece to Americanize it for the American audience because someone does not want to read the subtitles is just blasphemy. It is blasphemy. Um, Sometimes reading something is scary because now I love foreign horror. I don't watch it enough, but I should. I watch mm-hmm. quite a bit. and But they use a lot of visuals. Because they know people don't have time to read every damn thing. And the only time you see a lot of dialogue when it comes to foreign horror is when there's nothing happening. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there talking. They're in the room trying to explain things. But when Mm -hmm. the shit hits the fan, it's very little dialogue because Mm -hmm. they need you to see what's going on, especially Japanese horror. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, Vietnamese, not so much. They you have to really read with them, but the visuals are good. But the Koreans, oh, visuals, visuals. I mean, the Korean horror is so emotional, they get you in the feels. That's train to Bushan, that's one cut of the debt. They get your um, they get you in your heart, also. Um Chinese Mandarin, they they really get you in the feels of their culture of what they have to do. Japanese is mostly curses, mm-hmm. a lot of curses. Ghosts. Um, uh, oh yeah, vengeful. They're they're mm-hmm. they're masters of vengeful ghosts. Japanese. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, I was like, don't don't. If I ever go to Japanese, I don't want to mess with nothing. 
girl, I don't want to bring nothing told, home with me. Girl, my daughter said, well, I'm thinking about going to Japan because that's like her on her bucket list that she want to live there and learn, uh, study culinary over there. I'm like, you better not bring no uh, you on and all <laughs> over here and everything. Because, baby, I'm going to have all my sage, my Florida water. I'm going to call on the spirits of your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather, and everybody else. Because we... Cause I'm in, I'm in, I'm in hoodoo. Like that is, that's me. That's they my blood. Definitely line. believe in tradition. Yeah, Japanese believe yeah. in tradition, and you follow the rules. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's just. But you learn that. I didn't go to Japan. I, I you mm-hmm. know, you don't do that. You learn by watching their films. They tell mm-hmm. you what the films there are majority about, and um, so. That's what I'm saying. It's it's in Argentina, which I recently, after terrified, is a lot mm-hmm. of ghost, a lot of um, unhinged ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, they they watch you ghost. They love watching you and tormenting you, uh, especially Indonesia. Woo, those ghosts are are, are scary. Um, but but yeah so that's what i'm saying i i I don't know why they do that uh why they have to americanize it i just think it's a slap in the face of that culture um but but what i mean also by the americanized sometimes the original director of the ring will uh, make it into the american version Mm. is that okay no I think that's just a slap in the face because someone gave a big fact check and said, Hey, if you throw in Michelle, you know, Sarah Michelle Kelliker in there. <laughs> you throw in Buffy and a uh, homegirl that was on, on the Burger King commercials. Yeah. You so, throw in Daphne. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it's just take what it is, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. But they're going to do it. Who cares? They're, they're going to keep doing it. We can stand here till we turn blue. They're mm. they're they're going to do it. Um, but those countries also make their versions of our film, so it goes both ways, you know. Yeah. But either way, um, when it comes to to opening the door for your fellow man, um, you got to get the door open. And there's right. only one way to do that. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This has been, like, the most just, girl, we done went to church. I don't <laughs> you done got me crying. I'm, I mean, you done got me jumping up and stomping and stuff. Like, hallelujah. You know. Uh, <laughs> you made me get, you made me get like this. Oh, I love it. No, I really love it. Oh my gosh. Ah, jeez. You are literally just dang girl, you done got me stomped. (laughs) You done got me stomped like that. Dang. Wow, you you are you are the Oprah of horror. (laughs) You are the freaking Oprah of horror. Gee whiz. And I love how you were so passionate about foreign horror movies, um, especially with the uh, uh, Americanized remakes of a lot. I feel that's a slap in the face and a spit um, in, um, in foreign horror, especially when they try to Americanize it because 
some people just don't want to read and they just too lazy and I'm just like but guess what like I'm not trying to say like I'm this and that you know when I uh first read subtitles in the movie it was uh the last emperor and it was oh hours. yeah yeah I that's the that. first time I read subtitles and actually paid attention to it mm-hmm. that's a good to- movie it's a good movie and it won a lot of Oscars, but uh, the beginning to like halfway in the movie when they, I think it was when they start going into uh, the wartime and things like that, when everything started changing in China, mm-hmm. that's when it starts speaking English. Yeah. And then I was like, but I want the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it makes a movie better. I mean, it's, it's weird. I was watching a film and and it was dubbed English. And I was upset because I was Ooh. like, I don't, it just, I, I don't care. I think it was a Korean. I think mm-hmm. it was on Shutter. I can't remember what the, the damn movie was, but I was watching it and, um, and it was uh, in English and I was sitting there and I was like, this is weird. Like it just felt wrong. And so I was going through the buttons and trying to figure out and I was like, oh, okay you know put put it back to the english um um whatever at the bottom forgot you know at the bottom whatever and back to them speaking the language they should be speaking uh and i and i was like oh and i you know settled down and it was it was like better it was like it was just i don't know it was just i just if it's a foreign horror movie it's foreign (laughs) <laughs> it's foreign for a reason people yeah i don't i don't want to dub it it's it's terrible it just sound weird it's like it uh-uh. but um but yeah i mean horror is just it, it's what you make of it it's all many different levels there's some extreme there's some scary there's some that's not scary there's funny it's for everyone it's made from all types uh, I mean, it's not to be taken seriously. And what I mean by that, it's all entertainment. It could, you could cry from it. You could be inspired by it, but it's entertainment and far and foremost. And, and it's for fun. It's to get you laughing, scared, get under your, your blankets. Is there a monster under the bed? You won't sleep with your foot hanging off. That's it, it's, it's all for fun. Mm-hmm. And and um, it should be looked at like that. You know, some people get very personal. There's nothing it's wrong with that. Uh, but but at the end of the day, it's for our entertainment, right? And uh, that's how it should be. It's acting. It isn't real. Freddie isn't coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the tooth fairy is not going to come rip out your teeth. <laughs> so it's it, you it, and that's that distinction mm-hmm. and 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 that's where parenting comes in if you have kids that wants to watch it why wow. uh, if your kids want to see a horror movie and you you know they do oh mom i want to see get them something small like something why? that isn't i mean hocus pocus the first one uh you know, something that has a little bit, I mean, gremlins, mm-hmm. uh, critters, 
you know, things like that. Not that doesn't have a lot of nudity or weirdness in there. So start them off small. Um, I mean, but it takes the parent to understand what the kid could tolerate and what they can't. You know, there's cartoons. There's all kinds of stuff that could transition the kid into the the deeper stuff of horror. But it takes parenting to understand, you know, if the kid is in the room crying because there's a boogeyman, well, open the door. There's no boogeyman under your bed. There's no boogeyman in the closet. Confront, mm-hmm. let them understand, confront the situation. Don't just tell them, oh, go to bed. No, <laughs> let them know it's fake. It starts yeah. with parenting. Um, so for me growing up, horror was my was was part of my life um first horror movie i was about four or five mm-hmm. and don't be like my well you could be like my parents if if you could tolerate if your kids could tolerate it but my parents just threw me into the movie the thing it was like this is it you you look at this because you want to see it and it uh-uh. So, yeah, so it just, and then, you know, we've been to the movies. I've seen Pet Cemetery at the theater. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen The Blob. I've seen Evil Dead 2 at the drive-in. I've seen The Abyss. I've seen Aliens at the drive-in. So it, it was normal for me. It, you know, it may not be for you, but it was for me. So from then on, I knew it was fake, but I was still scared as hell, you know? Yeah. So, but I'm glad I grew up where I can go trick or treating, and uh, the kid, the 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 sidewalks were packed. You could not. It was you go with your friends, and you were gone, and you had pillowcases full of candy. I am so glad I grew up during that time because that was the experience I had. So, yeah, that was that's just your experience is almost the same. The pillowcases, getting the trick-or-treat candy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't use little bags or whatever they had. No, we had uh-uh. pillowcases Girl, filled up. Pillowcase. You poured it and out then, in the middle of the floor and you separated. <laughs> right? And then come down to the Halloween costume. Uh, they finna get you. My brother had a, a Yoda mask. <laughs> and that was his Halloween costume. Uh <laughs> I don't do masks because I just don't, I was like, uh-uh, it's too suffocating for me because I have claustrophobic uh, issues. But uh, now costumes, my mom, she was very creative. She's like, why don't y'all just create your costumes so she would take us to Goodwill and we just pick stuff for like a costume, mm-hmm. you know, and just make it our own. And, you know, because back then it was like, you know, you could get a strawberry shortcake uh, costume or whatever, you know, that was like really big for Hasbro to like have cartoons as like dolls and action figures like He-Man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the way how things were going, you know, latchkey kids, divorce and all that. But, you know, you have like that creativity of like that one parent that says like, hey, you know, let's create this costume for you. Let's do this. Let's do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I grew up, uh, I'm going to tell you, we're going to go on with the science fiction horror. You said the thing. Love the thing. I actually have uh, McCready 
of the NECA McCready doll that I bought, I was like, let me get this right here. Because I love the thing. It's, it has an ambiguity. Like, the, the, the ending is very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It really is. Because when I watched it, I'm like, ooh, this is terrifying. You know, down to the, um, you know, the practical effects, um, the storyline. And John Carpenter felt like it was just the worst film. Comes out to be a great film. Um, same thing with They Live. Um, mm-hmm. Too, too surreal and too much of what's going on. It was, it's like that, like how the Simpsons, like how they predict like things in their show. Mm-hmm. They live just, it's, it's like that. And I was like, man, this is crazy. This film still has that same tone. It's still, we can see that right now in 2022. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, but my mom really scared the hell out of us with V, <laughs> V, the lizard people, we come in peace and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but they really come to go get the, we're gonna snack on you humans and y'all our source of protein and everything else, we're gonna steal all your resources. Now, that was scary mm-hmm. for an alien uh visitors to come, you know, they looking like me and you, and then you had old, old Mark Hamill, not Mark Hamill, uh, God, was Mark Singer, who was in Beastmaster. I love Beastmaster and stuff. I like the fantasy part of, of the genre too, especially with horror and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, that's real cool too. And he discovers that when Diana ate that dang gerbil and stuff, she gobbled that son bitch up. I said, oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, but it was, but it was so good. But we knew it was fake. But it was so scary of, you know, to see that on TV. It was actually the highest uh, science fiction show on NBC. They spent a lot of money mm-hmm. producing um, B, and, and 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 you know, it went off like in. Uh, I think it was like us, like the first season or something maybe one or two seasons of it and it was gone but it was so expensive you know for NBC to produce it mm-hmm. and um are you a big Star Trek fan uh I've seen Star Trek I'm not a I'm not a fan like I've okay I'm I'm a weirdo I've seen everything except no, for Picard no, no, uh the no, show Picard no. but I've I've I used to watch Star Trek, Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Meet Deep Space Nine. I've seen the movies. I've seen the re the the re ones with J.J. Abrams. I, yeah, mm-hmm. but then are, are you a fan? That's what the question is. No, <laughs> I'm dead. I think, I'm dead ass. I think it's. I think it's just. I, I'm I, when I when I hear the word fan, it's like, oh, you know the characters, you you know something, you know, the the story or whatever. I no, you know, I I can't say I'm a fan because yeah. if you ask me a question, I'm probably look at you crazy. But mm-hmm. I could say I watched it, I'm familiar with it. Yes, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as I can get to. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. There's people that are not fans, people who are familiar with it and everything else. You know, you just take it what it is and everything. You know how there's some that's so obsessed with it. You know, same with Star Wars. 
I'm like, I enjoy Star Wars, but you know, I'm a big fan of Star Trek, but yeah, I've you seen know, Star I'm, Wars. I'm just <laughs> like, I mean, because I'm just like, you know, right now, you know, since I've gotten a little bit, you know, mature and I just look like how the fandom is, I'm just like, it's cool but okay that's how i look at it like like when i was you know younger i'd be like oh yeah it's Star Trek. now i'm like yeah it's cool man but okay you know? yeah i'm not a huge fan of uh, i think i just like sci-fi it's sci- sci-fi is not my number one um mm-hmm. subgenre for horror mm-hmm. or anything like that i think um a lot of a lot of the movies I like is sci-fi, but it's not my number one genre. It's just I see the movie, and it just so happens to be in the sci-fi um, realm because I can't really talk specifics of sci-fi. I've ran across people that could just really break down books they related on and stories yeah. and whatever but i can't do that it's like oh i really like this film let me tell you why but other than that i just yeah so um (laughs) i I, what i was gonna i was saying about like with the whole star trek um franchise um you know with all the uh the canon movies the shows etc etc like deep space nine and um next generation and so on and so forth is that first contact is actually a horror science fiction like film star trek film it was a horror film for like the star trek um franchise especially with next generation and because mm-hmm. of the motherfucking board yeah and you know the board still scares me today and when i uh i wasn't like really big on picard you know Riker and all them because i was like man y'all i don't know y'all trying to be just like Kirk and, and Bones and all them until I started yeah my mom like watched it while she loved it mm-hmm. so I was kind of like you know like I'm a little ashy I'm throwing shade at it so later on I was like let me go sit down and watch you know uh, Next Generation and I I was like man what was I hate I was hating on I said but you wasn't ready for it so I was ready for it later on and um Throughout like the um the um the seasons and the episodes of um uh, you know SNG is that they created the biggest baddest and villain in the whole entire universe where you had the Q continuum scared of the Borg, you had Klingons, you had every species from lower to higher or whatever was terrified of the Borg because they came, they conquered, they assimilate every life form and resistance is futile. That was the resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. And when they, um, when Jonathan Franks, who plays Riker um, on, you know, uh, um, Star Trek, he did the, uh, he brought in the Borg and that was the scariest Star Trek movie I've watched. My heart was just racing seeing um Alfred uh Woodard going through the um through the ship to get away from the board. Girl, they had my heart just jumping out of my chest. Girl, I think I died by three times, you know, just watching Star Trek <laughs> the first contact. I said, Yeah, 
and I watched it again a couple of months ago and it still scares me today is because of that fear of of an unknown species mm-hmm. not take no for an answer will assimilate every living being of wiping out all your individuality your culture your whole race and everything to fit in this one box in a hive mind mm. that is the scariest thing of like the, the science fiction part of Star Trek and that you have every living thing in every different corner of like the galaxy is scared of the Borg mm-hmm. and that was and that was the best uh, villain they, they introduced uh, within that world um, that Star Trek world and for First Contact to be a horror movie a Star Trek horror movie like it just just blew me away mm-hmm. it did it, it really did uh, same with the thing uh, Alien I like Alien I have um, Alien uh, both of them and I also have Covenant um, I love Prometheus I know people like crapped on Prometheus when it came out and then, like, when Covenant came out, they crapped on Covenant and say, like, well, Prometheus is so great. I'm like, there's a <laughs> lot of things that Prometheus, like, missed the point of, but there's a lot of, I love Prometheus. I like Covenant and Prometheus. That's a, just both of them. But people just sit there, oh, you know, that was just pointless. And, you know, with Prometheus and my son, speaking on parenting, how parents, like, introduced their kids into poor. Um, you do. You have to play it safe. You have to give a horror light. I know I kind of messed up a couple of times, but my kids actually like, you know what? This is fake. <laughs> they just like, okay, this is fake. I was like, but I'm not going to show you this, you know, till you get older and stuff. Mm. I mean, even my son, he grew up, he watched, you know, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, you know, Evil Dead 2. Um, Bruce Campbell is his favorite. Uh, he wanted to dress up like Bruce Campbell. He, we actually seen Bruce Campbell when he came into Texas um, before the pandemic um, happened. And um, my son got a little sad um, because, you know, they took the three, the uh, first three rows because he was doing like this uh, game show circuit type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the first three rows. And also Bruce, Bruce Campbell actually talked to me and, mm-hmm. and I, I was trying to answer the question and I froze. Oh. And I had to, and I had the answer, and I'm like, Bro. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I can't say anything. Oh my god, you know, I'm freaking out. But mm-hmm. um, my my son just bawled, and at the time, uh, the guy I was dating, um, he'd sit there and talk to me, and he consoled my son, and he kind of res- and I kind of looked at him, I was like, you know what, he kind of resembles Bruce Campbell. A little bit. I said, maybe I got with him because subconscious, like subliminally, subconsciously, I got with this guy because he looked similar like Bruce Campbell when he was on Evil Dead. What? Could happen. It. it, I mean, like me, (laughs) me and him still talk, you know, and everything. But I was like, Zach, you do resemble a little bit like Bruce Campbell when he was younger. Dang, even down to the hair. 
boy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, my son still loves Bruce Campbell. He still loves um, Evil Dead, but he's just not into movies like he used to be. He's more into um, technology, video games, computers, and stuff like that. <laughs> but my daughter, on the other hand, she still watches horror movies and excuse me mm -hmm. lives in florida and um and for both of them to like recognize Raimi's work even in the quick and the dead they know Raimi off the bat they mm -hmm. see a movie it doesn't even have to have Raimi's name or nothing like that they would instantly recognize that that okay cam Raimi um directed that oh yeah we noticed this blah blah blah, blah. they mm -hmm. got into the point where they started to look at and analyzing things i think that's pretty neat but I feel you on that. Parents do need to, to if they're going to introduce their kids to horror, you got to go in easy with them. You really do. You have to go in easy with them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and as a parent myself, I mean, you make your mistakes. I have to, but you have to go in easy where they can actually enjoy it. Um, even, you know, mm -hmm. when they get older, you know, they can pass it down to their kids. They're mm -hmm. going to remember girl you gonna give me jumping and jumping up for joy and everything <laughs> and um i i was gonna ask you a question what was horror what horror meant to you you know not already answered it i was like lord she just answered the question before i ever even asked her but you did you summed it up really well what horror is it's entertainment you know it's fun Gotta gotta what you just said. Mm -hmm. And it's no wrong or right answer um to it because I always ask my guests that same question and I always get a different perspective. And it's like it's so beautiful to hear different sides to different people of what horror means to them and what is it, you know, how mm -hmm. they look at it. I love I love asking that question because there's no right or wrong answer. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it really is. It's the beauty of the answer. It's just beauty of of people too. Girl, you done got me so crocked now. I'm like, I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> 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 like, I need to calm myself down. I need to go take a nap. <laughs> so I was like, no, I probably won't. I probably have to do something, run around or something like that. But um, we're gonna go ahead and like close this out. But thank you so much, Avontres. See, I have to say it like that, Avontres. <laughs> I know, I probably missed it. Girl, I probably missed it up again. It's okay. I get it right. Avontres, little. See, that is so messed up. I'm so... It's I need fine. It's okay. I need to know. And you know what? Because people used to, they still mispronounce Keisha. They say, Keisha? Keisha? I'm like... But, like, it's you, though, like, for real. Like, it's you because you just have that that spark. You have that. You have that. And you to me, you already successful. Um, just, you know, you may not feel that you're not there, but you already there. And you already shining as it is. Because if you wasn't of what your journey is, of, of what you're doing, guess what? I probably wouldn't even notice you. But I did. And I love the gene, the genuine, like, you know, uh, 
just nature about you. Your whole persona is just beautiful. It really is. Oh, and no, I'm being serious. I, I fucking love that. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Pisces. I'm just going to be like it is. I'm just a little, you know, I'm just a little blunt. I'm, I'm from the country, a little hood, a little bougie with it and everything. A little bit of redneck in me. <laughs> you know, I fucks with people that are cool and genuine mm. and just real. I just don't go willy-nilly, oh, I'm going to, you know, get somebody, blah, 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 whatever. I, I, I don't give a crap about that clout shit. I don't give a crap about, like, all of this stuff. I can, like, sit there and say, you know what? I can just stop doing all this. But you have so much inspiration because we do the same thing, but you have different aspects with yours. It's the same with mine. Mine is different, but we're still in the horror community. Um, you still do reviews, you do interviews. I just started doing interviews and I didn't even know, you know, about you until I seen you with Tyrone. And I just started doing interviews um, back in June. And plus I was dealing with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So it's that, like what you put out, girl, you getting that back in 10, 20 fold. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just like on that spiritual, that spiritualness with that, that spiritualness. But, <laughs> but it's just like, it's, you just very, you're very genuine. You, you on this, on this path and it's beautiful. It, all the bumps, the, 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 the hills, the mountains and everything else. You're very inspirational. You, that, you just, you're just very amazing. And I am just honored to have you, you know, as a guest, you know, with the Random Horror Show. I'm still a baby. I'm still crawling with my stuff and everything. But, you know, I just take it one day at a time. I do what I do. I stay in my own lane. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I just do. I just stay in my own lane. And it's because of, you know, a lot of things that happen in my life and a lot of trauma, a lot of death and things like that of what I've been through. And I was like, you know what? I can let all this stuff hold me back. I can either commit suicide or end up in the loony bin. But I said, I want to thrive and I want to live. That's the way to go. It's the it only is. way to go. It really it was, is. Uh, I mean, when I remember <laughs> my niece, she told me, mm -hmm. she said, uh, Cause I just felt like the world was crashing and she just said, well, well, let it crash. Right. <laughs> let, let, she said, you're hitting rock bottom. If that's how you feel, if, it, if it's rock bottom, there's only, the only way is up. There's nothing else. Come on, Nisi. So I was sitting there as I was boohooing <laughs> and it's like, there's there's not nowhere else to go. You I mean if you're under the ground in the dirt, under the rocks, you can only go up. So yeah. but the the hardest part is getting up. Right. If you could stand up, it doesn't matter if you're on your knees, as long as you're up. Uh you gotta start somewhere. I mean yeah. and yeah. I and it's true. And on top of that, you got all the bullshit on you mm -hmm. on your shoulders that's mm -hmm. weighing you down 
Um, but then there's this. This is something that um, you could take away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say that you are going through the worst time of your life. Like you just, everything around you is just falling around, like just crumbling. You're just like, you don't know which way is up, ready to whine your ass or scratch your watch. You, <laughs> you don't know what you, what to do. You know, you just sit there and cry. Um, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I, I, there was a moment in my life where I worked so hard for so much and I thought it was gone. I thought it was God. Oh, I just, I just sat there with my hands up in the air and just like, I lost everything. And yeah. turns out that I actually gained a lot more than what I lost at that moment. And it's perspective. Mm-hmm. Perspective is is like, it's a two-way street. You mm-hmm. know, you could look at it, oh man, that mountain over there is far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you could look at it as, man, okay, I need to see how far it really is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just your perspective on life changes through time it changes based on you know your your past or or trauma um mm-hmm. but it's there we all are on the same path it's just how are we going to get there most people have privilege to get there they could get on a plane and get there they got a car mm-hmm. they could get there Mm-hmm. Some of us, if not most of us, have to crawl over there, walk mm-hmm. over there. Some of us have no legs, no arms. We got to scoot over there. Some mm-hmm. of us are blind. We got to feel over there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the way it is, the way it's dealt with you, you have to figure it out. Um, and once you figure it out, the scary part is doing it. And that is scary. Now, anything else could be scary, but getting up and doing it because you're, oh my God, if I fail, what if I fail, then I'm back to square one or I'm worse off. And I mean, I thought I lost everything a couple of months ago and I cried my eyes out, but when I sat there and thought, okay, okay, I can't sit here. I can't mm-hmm. cry. I cried for one, like a week or almost two weeks. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo me. And I just said, you know what? I got to get back. I got to get back to doing what I got to do because I'm the one, you know, everybody's living their life. Everybody's doing their thing. And I'm the one crying in the corner. I got to get up. I got to get 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 to doing and I know I'm going to suffer. I know it's going to be hard. I know I'm going to have to deal with the BS, but I did it. And mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm going through it and I'm I'm getting there because I feel 
thousand percent that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And at the end, I'm going to meet someone that suffered like me, if not the same or worse. And I'm going to be able to tell them the truth. It fucking sucks, man. Doesn't I'm going to tell them it sucks. I know you're crying. I know you're having those terrible thoughts. I know you want to give up. You've probably given up. If, if you just want to end everything, uh, mm-hmm. woe is me. I've been there. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you it's easy. It's not easy. I'm not going to say, oh, um, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. The, the fuck it ain't. You could put your <laughs> mind to it and it, and it, it just still go wrong. Uh, so what you need to do is sit down and say, what is stopping me? What is in the way? And figure it out not to go through it, mm-hmm. not to, you need to figure out how to deal with it, to work with it, to learn from it. So when you get to it and stand up in front of it, you're not afraid. The fear is what's stopping most of it. And once yeah. you stand there and just say, I'm not afraid of this. It's going to hurt. It's in my face. I want to run, but I can't, I can't run anymore. And then you'll get through that. And then as you're getting through it, you're going to come through, come through the situation like that again. And you're going to say, you know what? I got through that one. I can get Mm -hmm. through this one and you're going to keep going and it's going to get easier Mm-hmm. It will get easier, but they will never stop. Obstacles will never stop. You just learn how to get through them than each time you get to them. And that is the greatest gift ever. I don't care what it is. You could have been abused. You could have been ard. You could have been SA, you could mm-hmm. be attacked, you could be mm-hmm. robbed, you could have incest, you could have all these things. Because everything I just said right now happened to me. And I am right here. And believe me, I cry every day. I was, I just wish my dad was here. I wish this was different. But wishing doesn't do anything. You got to get your ass up. You got to put on some clothes, wash your face, brush your teeth, and you got to do it. Because when you die, you're alone. When you fail, you're alone. But when you succeed, you're alone. It's okay. Because you can say, I did it. I did it. I did it by myself and I didn't need nobody. But if you got a partner and you're succeeding, you got you that's a plus but if you're by yourself and you succeed it oh man it feels like bliss because mm-hmm. you don't have nothing tearing you down mm-hmm. you just you can stop you you could be like oh man oh there's a problem i know how to get through this there's a problem oh i know how to do this it, it's a learn you learn as you go mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to teach someone you're going to be able to teach your son. You're going to have, you're going to be able to teach your friend, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be like, well, with me. No, 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 no. Yeah. Empathy is number one. 
I get it. I get your empathy. I get how you feel. I get this. But you know what? What is your plan? Sit down. Let's talk about a plan. And from that plan, you're going to have to stand up. You're going to cry. You're going to fall on your ass. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want to. You're gonna get depressed. You're gonna have mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. You're gonna have all that. But if you're having that, you're not alone. I've been there. Let's mm-hmm. do this together. And that is my plan. All the stuff I'm doing about film, great. But I hope. I hope to help someone. If I leave this world, I want someone to say, you know what. Someone I talked to, that Ivatrice, man, I was going through my tough time, but I heard her talk and she told me this. And now I'm making my movie. Now I'm writing my script. Now I am not afraid to come out. Now I'm making one of the best film decisions ever in my life. Now I'm helping someone else. That's it. I may not have a monument. I may not have anything. But if I can make one person be proud of who they are, even in their failure, and move on to bigger and better things and use those failures to understand who they are, that would make me a better person. And that is my goal. That's my only goal. Because I know how it is to have nobody, nobody there. That's the truth. And we are going to end it with that note. And thank you so much, Trees, for that. It has been beautiful just chatting with you. And it's and this the shit got deep. The shit got deep. I love it. Life is deep. <laughs> it is, girl. It's what you talking about? That shit. Life, yeah. the water. It's deep. <laughs> It, it is deep. It, it is deep. It's fickle. It's funky. Mm-hmm. But it can be beautiful. Yes. It can. It can be beautiful. But we're going to wrap it up. And thank you, Avo Trees, girl. Thank you so much. And let them know where they can find you at, baby. See, <laughs> you well, got me crunk. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, you can find me horror movies and beyond. You can actually Google that. And I'm the only thing that comes up. Um, You can find, just type in horror movies and beyond YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I do most of my movie reviews on TikTok and my interviews are on Instagram. So it's kind of vice versa. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. I have website horror movies www.horrormoviesandbeyond.com. Yeah, everything is on there, so you could go on there and links to everything. That is awesome, and also for those uh, which I say Facebook is for the ancient ones, she is also on Facebook. <laughs> And you and I don't know. I said, "Oh, she got it on Facebook." I said, "Boom!" So you're gonna see the random horror show. You're gonna see like that's me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yes. <laughs> but it has been a honor and a pleasure to have you. I'm 
Bamba Trees. Thank you. Thank you. It, you're, you're, you're just, you are a beautiful soul. You are very, you are a beautiful soul. I Don't try. I try. <laughs> you know what you said? My soul I'm a, I'm a, been through a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you like my daughter always tell me. Why you always say you be trying? You just do because you just do it. You just cool, mama. You just awesome like that. So I'm a, I'm getting on you like my daughter be getting on you, getting on to me. You are a beautiful soul, and don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> I did. We don't. We have some similarities, and shit. My shit been trampled, fucked up, all kinds of stuff, thrown on the ground, uh, beat up, and everything. But we still keep on going back. Baby, you are a beautiful soul. Thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate you so much. And thank you all for listening to the Random Horror Show. And y'all have a great evening. And thank you, ma'am. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>